This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Is that, That's a reference to something. What's that what a reference to? What is that to? a reference to? Man, okay, <laughs> one of us has to know or we can't open the show that way. Is it a reference to war games? Shall we play a game? I'm looking. What movie is Shall We Play a Game from? Yeah, war games. Shall we play a game? Good reference to the movie War Games. <laughs> I loved it. Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And this week we're gaming full steam ahead. 100% gamer we, all the way. We are the That's hardest us. core of gamers here to tell you about a little book called Minecraft the Island, an official Minecraft novel by Max Brooks, a.k.a. Maximilian, Maximilian Brooks. Michael Brooks. Yes. <laughs> Um, this is a, a Patreon recommendation from Jen. Thank you for recommending that we read this book for the show. Do you have a Do you have a note from her, like just saying why? Sometimes I like to know why. Um, let me dig it up. I, uh, you tell me a little bit about what you know about Max Brooks while I dig up okay. Jen's note. So uh, what I know about Max Brooks is that he is the son of comedian Mel Brooks from uh, Young Frankenstein and uh, the producers and other things. Sure. He was on that season of Curb Your Enthusiasm that was about the producers. Okay. He's good. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, Max Brooks was born in 1972, and he's best known for his zombie fiction. Those books include uh, the 2003 Zombie Survival Guide, which is kind of a um, humorous collection of musings on ways to survive zombie outbreaks of like varying intensities. And then... Um, his probably he's probably best known for 2006's World War Z, which we read for the show about 17 years ago. <laughs> Very true. I think it, you said it was episode 16. Episode right? 16. 16. I don't know if you want to go listen to it or not. Whatever. If you want to go experience some sort of sleepy basement voice that I'm doing, go back and give it a listen. That, oh, you mean like the voice that you do when you're doing an ad read by yourself? Yeah, it's my. Ugh. I don't know why I was doing that. I don't anyway, like your, bedroom, your bedroom voice. Um, Jen <laughs> uh, sent us a note uh, asking that we read this book. And she says, I feel like I may be wasting my t my shot at getting you to choose a book and I should choose a classic, but this book is awesome, like World War Z for kids set in the Minecraft universe. I love you guys. We'll have so much fun with it. I don't quite think it's as World War Z as I expected, but okay. it is a survival novel in sure. the Minecraft universe. Yeah, and, and the default game mode of Minecraft is called survival, so it's a good That's fit, true. That's I true. I guess, but like... When you are when you are playing Minecraft, the very first bit of the game, you are kind of dumped into a, the middle of some kind of field with no shelter, no tools, no anything, 
and monsters come well, out don't at night. Stop spoiling the book. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not spoiling the book. I'm spoiling basic stuff that oh. you learn if you play five minutes of the video game Minecraft. Well, buckle up. Um, as 91 million people do every month as of uh, September 2018, according to a report from Windows Central. Whoa. So yeah, I was just double checking. Like the other, like Max Brooks has kind of made a, a like name for himself doing kind of this survivalist stuff like world war he also just real quick he did he uh worked on snl from 2001 to 2003 he Mm -hmm. lectures at the modern war institute at west point and he's been an actor on some tv shows i just picked a few from the list sure Uh, roseanne seventh (laughs) heaven and the wild thornberries (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good i think world war z was even like included that's probably why he's a lecturer because um, it's been included in some like military curricula, um, just yeah. Because the book was about like the middle section of it was about kind of how unprepared a conventional yes, like World War Two slash Korean War era military like the one that the U.S. mostly still has mm-hmm. was not well suited to that outbreak, and then covers how people adapted to get better at it. So it is very much a book about tactics written by somebody who's probably read a lot about it himself i think yes and and reading a like a 2013 profile of him he is very interested in like both military history and things like that but also just like finding fictional ways to grapple with real world anxieties and like the breakdown of society is not a fun thing to think about but if like you put it through zombies people will like open the book because they won't right it's like oh it's not real i can i can engage with this mm-hmm. um so that's sort of the way he gets to minecraft um and as you said andrew minecraft is huge the idea it's that he game. wrote this book in 2017 like minecraft's been around for a while it's been around for a long time do you want me to talk a little bit about the game minecraft please tell me a little bit about the game minecraft of which i have some experience but please tell me anyway so yeah this game sort of it didn't grow up with us but it like became an adult with us. <laughs> that's true it was first released in beta form in uh, 2009 back when we were working on a video game blog I together i don't know what you're talking about we were fresh out of college and had lots of time on our hands we did and so um it came out in may 2009 and it was super rough it was um this it's procedurally generated which means that there are algorithms that generate big chunks of land with like trees and grass and mountains and deserts and whatever but it's not ever like the same way twice and you can walk in any one direction for a virtually unlimited amount of time and keep discovering like new land based on this algorithm yes um and it's partly like survival, but it's mostly kind of a Lego style building game. Yeah. Um, and I, a lot of people a lot, like it, it. It became popular in education for a while and pro- I imagine still is. But it was just this this very rare, like cross generational cross platform hit that really captured a lot of people's imagination. Um, so it became like it went like the the 1.0 like quote unquote finished version of it went out in like 2011 I think but it's never like to this day major additions are are still continuously being made to it by the the team the the 
company that that develops it is called Mojang, and they were bought by Microsoft in 2014 for 2.5 billion dollars. Yeah, and the original which guy was a lot. The original guy who made the game has he's walked away from it entirely. Like he's saying, Mo- yeah, he sold so Mojang, and that's it. His his name is not uh, Marcus uh, Pearson. Pearson, Pearson, yeah. nicknamed Notch. He walked away from the company in 2014, around when it was sold to Microsoft, and he has since joined the unfortunately large cohort of white male gamers who have adopted uh, like men's rights he's and just, white supremacist talking points. Just leave him alone on he's Twitter. Like like a, don't go near him bad, on Twitter. He's a bad Twitter man. Don't seek him out. But yeah, yeah it's bad. Um, but yeah, it's still it's still enormously popular. Like I think the the new huge game that's that's really risen, like the the only thing that surpassed it, I think even, has been Fortnite, yeah. which came out what like twenty was that twenty seventeen that that came yes, out? Yes. Well, the version that is popular came out in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Right. Um. Um. But you know, Minecraft, like I said, still has ninety one million active players every month. That means people who are still firing up and playing it. And over 154 million copies have been sold across multiple platforms, including uh, PCs um, like iOS, Android, multiple generations of video game console. I think both the like the PlayStation 3, Wii U, Xbox 360 generation and the current video game console generation all have versions of Minecraft. I imagine any of our listeners who have kids under the age of like 15 or maybe even under the age of like twenty, like know what Minecraft is because their kid yeah. was of an age where Minecraft was the thing to do. Yeah, and the and the the thing that I think people had a lot of fun with is it is like you can play a single player mode and that's fun. Yep. In and of itself, but the big thing that it that it did was there's a there's an online multiplayer mode where anybody could create a server and then invite their friends to connect to it and then you all have this gigantic shared world where you can build your own stuff and it stays in the same place and like not everybody needs to be on at the same time like the stuff lives on a computer even if nobody's connected to it so you could build something huge and fantastic log off a friend of yours could come on like six hours later and go and explore it like it's kind of a it, it's a cool thing and people have like built scale models of all kinds yeah, of stuff they've I think, built like working like quote-unquote working computer circuits and musical instruments i was gonna say like the stuff. thing that i think has given it the biggest legs is like it is legos and it is ripe for so it's legos for kids and people of all ages like legos but the legos but unlimited and for like 20 or 30 bucks yeah and it also has it's a like hackable moddable computer program so that people who are really interested in messing with it have a lot to do or like setting up super elaborate things online and servers and stuff so it kind of scales with your level of interest which is not a thing that a lot of games do well see and that's always been my issue with minecraft is i haven't played it in a <laughs> in a few years at this point but I went through like two or three hardcore phases and my issue was always that I was way more into Minecraft than any of yep. the people who I was trying to play it with. Yeah, and that's so, true. like for a little while it would be all of us building like a giant town of wild creations and then eventually it would just be me and then I would stand at the top of a tower made entirely of watermelons and weep <laughs> for there were no more worlds to conquer. 
<laughs> well, I want to tell you about this book and what Max Brooks did with Minecraft, Andrew. But first, we should take a quick break. Okay. Craig, Minecraft is a game all about building things. Yeah, it is. But can I build a website in Minecraft? I don't actually I'm not sure, but I don't think so. Okay. Well, well what if I wanted to build one? Who should I call? You should call up the good folks at Squarespace. Mm. Yes. Once again, Squarespace is sponsoring us this week. Squarespace is a tool that lets you create a beautiful website. You can showcase your work, blog, or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, and promote your physical or online business or your Minecraft server, I guess, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, <with>. probably. <clears throat> they let you do all this stuff by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce functionality, and uh, everything is optimized for both desktop and mobile right out of the box. You get built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting, 24-7 award-winning customer support, and you never have to patch or upgrade anything ever. You don't have to worry about the technology, which is great. I know um, so little about technology. I know. And with Squarespace, you don't have to know anything. That's it's pretty cool. It's perfect for folks like Craig. <laughs> So if you want to build a website in Squarespace, you should go to squarespace.com slash overdue for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch, use the offer code overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash overdue. You get a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, use that offer code overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Speaking of squares that you place in a space, hey, I good guess they're one. cubes, technically. Yeah, they cube are space. cubes. So this book um, opens with a little little disclaimer that says, the following is based on true events. <laughs> Which that is not, no. Gave me pause. And then as I got into the book, so it, it kind of made more sense, even though it's probably not like technically true, right? Um, mm -hmm. It is... Listed, I think, as for grade level readers, like three to seven. So, like, it is not cool. um, the simplest writing, but it is not the most complicated writing. It kind of moves, it clips along pretty easily. You might pick yeah, up. What else is kind of in that in that age group? I feel like the Redwall books are in there. Like, there's a lot of of fantasy and and sci fi yeah. that's sort of aiming for that general milieu. I think some of the like when we were talking about Matt Christopher like a year or so ago, that's in the like maybe fourth That's on the grade young end like of that, yeah. yeah um and we've talked about like my side of the mountain which is actually relevant because that is a survival story in the same like a vein similar to Robinson Crusoe yeah. which this book definitely is cribbing from a lot mm -hmm. um so so is that like is it Answer me this. I want to yep. know, is it like a captain and the game master situation where a human boy is sucked into his computer while he's playing Minecraft and then he has to survive. Well, like what's the what's the setup? Let me just read you some snippets from the opening chapter to, that'll answer your question. Just shout out to the five people out there who <laughs> understood that reference. So the the narrator whose name we never learn, let's call them Steve in honor of Minecraft Steve. Right? That's the character. Is it Minecraft? That's the yeah, the name yeah. of the nameless, faceless character. Yes. Um they wake up 
in the ocean drowning and like they have to swim for safety. I twisted and turned and then I saw it, a light, dim, pale, and far away. Instinctively, I shot for it and quickly noticed that the water around me was growing brighter. That had to be the surface, the sun. But how could the sun be square? I must be seeing things. Maybe some trick of the water. And then, like, swimming doesn't feel like normal swimming. It's just kind of gliding around in the water. Oh, no, everything is cubes. And then it, like, gets to, like, Kafka body horror. And then he, like, <laughs> like goes to, like, wave Gregor at something. Gregor Samsa woke up one morning to realize he was a cube man. <laughs> and, and Steve's like, what? There was a fleshy cube at the end of my rectangular arm, a cube that Ew. wouldn't open no matter how hard I tried. Where's Ew. my hand? I shouted, my voice rising in panic. Head swimming, throat closing, I looked nervously down at the rest of me. Brick-shaped feet, rectangular legs, a shoebox-shaped torso, all covered and painted on clothes. And like, so yeah. So like the Times Square kind of... <laughs> Yes. Situation. Yes. And the the narrator is now stuck in the world of Minecraft. Narrator does not but They had they had been a human before. Yes. Is the implication. If they know what like a hand is Correct. and know enough to be horrified that they don't have one anymore. Correct. And okay. and so Steve has like multiple times is like, what was my name? What did I look like? Was I a man or a woman? Was I young or old? I don't even know. Um, one of those comes after like a long rant that like to me in the moment, I made a note that was like, oh, you know, I sometimes forget who I am after I play games for a long time too. All right. <laughs> uh, well, there's that, there's that thing when we were talking about this the other day, that thing called the Tetris effect. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Where you, which is also the name of a very good version of Tetris that just came out. Um, mm -hmm. But it's that thing where if you are like playing a, some kinds of video games for a long time, you start to kind of dream or like look around you and see the world in terms of that game. So yes. you might like dream of Tetris blocks or like your brain might just do this thing where it defaults to thinking about what shape might fit within yeah. <laughs> other kinds of shapes. So the, while the book never directly answers the question of like how and where and why this came to be for the narrator, it sure. it does seem to engage with either both like oh maybe it's a it's a crazy dream that they can never wake up from maybe they played the game so much like the the book never says this out loud but like maybe they just played the game so much that they're in it like maybe it's a like a you make that face long enough you'll stay that way kind of kind of situation mm -hmm. um or maybe they did get magically sucked into it but it's never referred to in the book like as a game. It is just a different world where the rules are different. And as you said, they have a frame of Steve has a frame of reference for how things should go, mm -hmm. even if he can't remember why. Okay. Um so like at one point he tries he's hungry and he tries to shove seeds in his mouth and his, his like he can't eat them how's that go the okay. world won't let him eat the seeds now you as a player of minecraft may know that you can't eat seeds in minecraft and that the, thus is the book it's a lot well and if you if you don't know what minecraft is i guess they're just like there are rules that dictate what you can do with certain kinds of yes things yes and and overall this book is about a, a character alone on an island trying to survive running aground and running into these 
somewhat arbitrary worlds and uh, world rules and systems um, that Which is that make true. I think to the make Minecraft game. work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of deriving some some life lessons from them, such as you know the first lesson that Steve learns is never give up which he learns from punching trees enough until he gets an apple that he can eat. Mm-hmm. Um, he learns... Could not be a Minecraft book if it wasn't about punching trees. Yes. Well, and there's like a funny thing where like he starts meeting animals. And so like it has a little My Side of the Mountain thing where because he's all by himself, there are no other characters in the book that talk. And that's that for me, I think, would have been a fun way to thing to include is that like an allusion to other people in the world but that that's Mm -hmm. certainly a different type of story um but meets some animals and starts talking to them my side of the mountain style and naming them and stuff um and tries to pet a sheep at one point and just punches it in the face (laughs) because you know in games certain things only do what the game is programmed to let you do um, well, because in Minecraft, when you're actually interacting with things, like you can right click and you can left click. Correct. So, like, is there a version of left clicking that you can do as a person in this book? Um, there is a weird thing where, when it starts to get kind of gamey, is mm-hmm. he realizes that most most of the time his right hand is doing stuff, and all his left hand can do is like he can look at it. And it's a two by two grid where he can put stuff in to make stuff, uh-huh. which is just how Minecraft works. But it's now the world that he lives in. Uh-huh. Um, so there, that's that's the equivalent, I guess. I don't know what button that is when you're playing Minecraft that opens up the hand for crafting, but that's the equivalent of left and left and right click. Okay. I think. Sure. Um, so he starts. Like, he encounters a zombie his first night, and he freaks out. And I don't remember if you remember the first time you... I don't know if you remember the first time you played Minecraft, Andrew, but, like... I mean, the first time I played Minecraft was with you. Like, like I at the same time? It. Yeah. Hmm. I hadn't played it before we did that server that time. And we built, like, that village in the trees. <laughs> we did build a big village in the trees, and mm-hmm. made a glass, and we put a Mega Man in there. We did, and so this was an early version of the game where, where when you set stuff on fire, it just like as long as there was adjacent flammable <laughs> material, yep. the fire would spread indefinitely. And so Craig was trying to do a bit of like slash and burn agriculture, I guess, <laughs> nearby, and ended up burning half the base town. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. Um, okay, sure. So the book does a couple of like if you have played this game or if you are. If you know like a kid who has or something like that, it hits a it checks off a couple boxes of like your Minecraft experience. So it's like you encounter an enemy for the first time and you don't know the rules and so you kind of freak out. Um and Steve like is running from a zombie and like walls himself up in dirt because he doesn't know how to fight the zombie, and then the son kills the zombie because that's how the world works. And that's mm-hmm. how he learns that lesson. So the again, I'm going to keep refer, like referencing back to this is like the book is about how he trial and errors his way through survival and like how he gets better at observing the world around him to like learn about it, which I think which, like, is, which is true to the fairly true to the game. I think. That's the appeal of Minecraft for, for a lot of mm-hmm. people. Um, so and he like try and capture that in book form. I guess it sounds like it would be fun for a while, but then like 
Because you hit that wall in Minecraft, right? Where you like you satisfy the basic requirement of the world, which is to build a shelter that's good enough that you don't get killed every night, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But then after that, the game like there there is no storyline. There's no like you are just you're set to explore the different systems and try and accomplish goals just as you as you see fit, but that can be difficult for, for people who want the game to like direct what they're doing a little bit more. And so it sounds like there might be a similar version of that wall in this story where like, okay, there is a bit of a story through like the early survival part, but then what happens? It's the book is the early survival part. Um, it's actually like, so the first couple chapters are going literally day by day, moment by moment. And he is, you know, he's, he's what he does for himself. And the book actually has like a list of them at the end of like, he'll give himself a little axiom or a little phrase to remember, like never give up or panic drowns thought or something that he like uses to calm himself down or, or things like that. <laughs> um, okay. And they're usually tied to specific moments that he has like, Panic drowning thought comes from he's trapped under this dirt. He's freaking out about the zombie. He can't really think about what he needs to do next. And he's like, no, 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 I, I can get through this. Um, and so the first couple chapters are like beat by beat. Okay, what do I do next? I, you know, put some wood together and wow, I now I have this weird crafting table. What happens if I start plugging more things into it? And so it uh-huh. reads like a narrative prima guide for how to play minecraft it's like okay well if i plug stuff in this arrangement i get this and if i plug stuff in this arrangement i get that Um, and that literally is the fun of the early experience of that game if you're not just cheating and like looking it up online yeah it's just like is that as fun to read about as it is to actually it is do not and i'm not as, i'm not sure i'm convinced it is not as fun to read about i think if i were nine or ten and I was reading it, I might be like, this is kind of neat because it's like this thing I do when I'm playing Minecraft. Like, for me... Right, and if you think about, like, I don't know, phrasing things like punching trees or, like, what would happen if I reached my hand out to something and accidentally punched it? Like, you're... Like, maybe kids haven't necessarily thought about it in those terms. And so it's... Like, it highlights the sort of absurdity and unreality of, like, basic interactions. Yeah, and the, the... after he goes through kind of the beat by beat of a lot of discoveries, um, he basically satisfies food for himself. <clears throat> and then he starts working on having shelter and safety. And it does do a time jump at one point when he recognizes that he kind of has a routine for the day. He knows what he wants to do. He knows what he wants to get out of each day. And that is an actual, like, again, that's a... a, a a part of the learning curve of playing that game is like, oh, I'm I'm booting up the game and I know what I want to do today. Like I have like an hour before I need to go work. I'm going to chop some trees. I'm going to craft some bookshelves. <laughs> I'm going to uh-huh. get into my tree fort and I'm going to put them where I want. And oh, wait, yep, I got to take care of those cows. Like you have a list. Um, and so it starts jumping time that way. Um, and then a couple like bigger events happen towards the end um but i want to go through like what you were kind of saying is there like how does this book like chunk out and does it kind of get a little chunk uh, out well how does it like how is it uh like 
plot it out, right? Um, it sounds like a really bad way to describe like bulking up. Oh no! <laughs> I get my protein shake going chunk out. You see that guy lifting at the gym? He's really chunking no, out. He's really chunking out. Um, the book. Uh, think keeping in mind the reading level and keeping in mind the subject matter, it's full of these little like somewhat hokey nuggets of wisdom um, that are all tied to events in the book. So it's it's about like he's thinking about uh, self-sufficiency and whether or not he is like ready to take care of himself. And he literally like literally says to himself like, man, in the other world, lots of people did stuff for me. Like my world did a lot for me. And he's like thinking about, he doesn't remember if he was a kid or an adult, but either, or he's like, man, even if I was an adult, like I didn't grow my own food. I didn't, if I wanted something, I just like ordered it and it showed up. Um, so there is, it's hitting on the appeal of the game, which is like experimenting with being self-sufficient, experimenting with a safe place to, to, you know, take care of well, and a bit and a big chunk of like mid to late game Minecraft as you get better at it is like figuring out within the relatively limited constraints of the game how to actually automate stuff like yes. that. So you don't need to like go and spend your entire day farming. Like Correct. you just you you set up kind of a conveyor belt and <laughs> it frees you up to do other things. Yeah. And so the the other like things that are He's interesting. the The fun of trial and error. He really cel- like he celebrates discovering the the peculiar nature of like where he needs to put water to make crops grow. Like he can't just pour the water on the crops; that kills them. He has to put the water next to the crops because Minecraft. <laughs> um, the idea that like stuff becomes other stuff when you do stuff to it, which like you say it out loud, it sounds kind of dumb. But if you're like nine and you've never built a thing before or never like it's why kids also like chemistry sets and like you're just experimenting like you burn sand and it becomes glass you pour water on the lava and it becomes this other stone you flatten you flatten wood really really flat and it becomes paper yeah totally um and he comes up with this like list for approaching problems um that's like a little on the nose when it's six it's six things that begin with p it's plan prepare prioritize practice patience persevere which he like adds to over the course of the book and then he notes andrew that a p if you fold it up it can become a cube which is like cute i'm sure i guess like, like if I it's guess. if it's six blocks like you lay it out like a p and then you could fold it up like a little paper cube like i guess minecraft I guess that's just it sounds like too many peas. It's a little too many peas for me. I can't to remember, remember that actually. many peas. It sounds <laughs> like it would be better to spell out a word like block or cube or yeah, like a mnemonic that would actually be a little bit better. Yeah, like <laughs> is not a helpful mnemonic device. Um, and he also like he learns by observing things. So like Minecraft and, and games of this nature, they have like systems where stuff will just happen whether or not you're interacting with it. So he's learning about how the different monsters behave. He's learning about how they don't spawn where there's light. Like monsters won't appear out of nowhere if there's a torch, you know, lit. And like the book goes through a character actually discovering those things. So in mm-hmm. in this way, it does kind of feel like Minecraft, like fan fiction of the time Max Brooks played Minecraft. Um, 
Yeah, I wonder how much Max Brooks did play Minecraft. He alludes to it in the like thank yous that he definitely played a bunch of it. So okay. that they like invited him probably to play a bunch of it with his with his family. Um and then he's just kind of uh you know, he learns about taking care of the environment because you have to replenish what you take or else you won't have it later. Okay, you there's know, our 1980s environmentalist it's very, message. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like actual quote, we got to take care of the environment so it can take care of us, which is very true, Mr. Greenpeace. Yeah, I mean, it is true. It's like it's, there, is a, there is an earnestness to this book that is worth taking in stride for like what it's aiming for. Yeah, and I get like I, I'm I'm <laughs> no I I was being way too flippant just just there because I was not considering the intended audience. But yeah, if you are trying to teach a kid about this stuff, and for a kid like even more so than for an adult, like everything they need just kind of appears for them if they're, you know, if they're lucky enough yes. to, to be in a, you know, privileged position like that. But like they, they have somebody who is kind of taking care of them and looking out for them. And so you, you're even further removed from like where stuff comes from and how it is procured, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let alone like how you, how you make it so that you can continue to get that thing. Well, yeah. And how you, like there is no in your mind there is no difference between renewable and unrenewable resources. Yes. So like that's that there's a couple of different things I want to bring up that that are like little moments in the book that relate to that. So one is when he's like really hungry and there's like the hunger system that I don't really remember from playing Minecraft. There's a couple of it things It was a little bit it was introduced a little bit after you were playing it yeah. a little bit more but it it's yeah it it's mostly a survival element and basically you want to keep your hunger level high because it affects like the speed at which you recover health. Great, that makes sense. And yep. If you if your hunger meter is all the way empty then you start taking damage. Okay. And I don't think you can I don't think you can die all the way of it, but you can get down to the point where if anything touches you you fall over okay. and lose all your stuff. Okay. Um so he talks about hunger wrong, and he says I don't think I'd ever been close to that kind of danger in my old life lethal hunger was for other people and goes on to list like people across the world in disasters and war who are hungry and never me and that's like a kid growing up with some with, in a family with some means who does not want for food is like not is never going to think about that like and ideally actually, that is a very Gary Paulson in hatchet sort of yes mm-hmm. lesson to be learning mm-hmm. i think um and there's another one like the the non-renew <laughs> there's a allusion to renewable energy when he lights his first torch and realizes it will just burn forever which is a weird minecraft thing um, <laughs> and he's like i remember learning about you know things like the sun and wind that were you know or like which ones were renewable energy sources and which ones weren't. But this world doesn't care. This thing will burn forever. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like almost teaching the reader about renewable energy and then just kind of sweeping it under the rug. But it's sure. there, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every once in a while, you'll get things that feel, at least to me, a modern reader in 2018, a little bit for the adults in the room. So okay. tell me more. Here's the best example that I that I could pull. He's uh, on a riff about finding like books, and this is a thing I think that's also later 
a later edition of Minecraft than I really remember. Like books that could teach you stuff uh, about yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. And he finds a book about wildlife. And he's really only skimming through it because at this point he feels like he knows what he needs to know. He is like he's used to killing monsters and raising cows and whatever. So here's the quote. Uh, I know now, though I didn't at the time, that I was reading selectively. Any section that made me feel safer, smarter, or more powerful, I read. Anything that brought up some uh, scary questions, I ignored. I guess, looking back, I wasn't much different from so many other people in my world, the kind who wouldn't read some books or cut out certain parts or even burned them because of how the words inside made them feel. That's like classic confirmation bias. Yeah. Is that what that is? It's a little bit of confirmation that bias. That thing where you seek out information that confirms your previously held viewpoints. Yes, it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of like I only watch certain news programs because they tell me what I want to hear about the world. Right. The li- I'd forgotten about the little phrase about burning books, which is more like censorship Fahrenheit 451 kind of stuff. Um. I just don't know if at eight I would have been prepared to hear about media literacy. But then again, when I was eight, it was 1994. So things are very different. Well, I mean, when you were eight, I don't know if you would have absorbed it as a message about media literacy. I don't even like I feel like that maybe would. I don't know that would sail over every kid's head, but I don't think I don't think every kid would have the faculties like necessary to take that little mini lesson and then map it to other stuff in their lives. Sure. That's true. That's a good point. Um, so then the, this, I've kind of run through a lot of the lessons that he teaches himself over the course of the book. He's dealing with hunger. He's dealing with, he starts making weapons. He starts making armor. Um, and then he gets to the, there's one like quintessential Minecraft scene andrew which you kind of alluded to when you were talking about our adventures together um he builds his first big house and he builds it with a lot of wood and he says rookie mistake yeah he's like saying to himself he's like the stone i'm finding is too drab i don't want to use it and he makes like now that is true is that the defaults you have to work hard to find good looking stone in minecraft yes that's true um he it's multiple stories tall he has like a workshop on the top floor. He makes himself a bathroom, which is not a thing that you you don't do that in Minecraft. <laughs> like it's not necessary, <laughs> uh, but it does sound kind of clever. Like it has a little trap door that leads to like a waterway he made that just goes all the way out to the ocean, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes himself a hot tub, which is heated by a column of lava that he is encased in glass. That makes and then sense. Pours he puts some water over it, and then he can get in the water and like use his hot tub. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, he has like a couple spots to raise chickens and whatnot. Well, he goes to sleep one day and he wakes up. He goes down to his front room, and a creeper has walked in. Now, for those explain to the viewers at home what a creeper is. Yeah, so I haven't really talked about the monsters in this game. There's zombies. There's skeletons. Aside from zombies, which yeah. are Typical, I think, slow-moving zombies that most people would be familiar with. There's, like, spiders and stuff. But these creepers, and these are, like, iconic. If you've seen a kid with a Minecraft backpack, it probably has a creeper on it, if if not Minecraft Steve. It's a zombie that will, like, blow up. It's the green thing with the scary frowny face. Yes, and it will explode and wreck all your stuff. 
and it makes this scary hissing sound like dynamite about to explode. You, you learn to fear it. You learn to hate that sound because it means your whole shop is about to get wrecked. So he goes to his front room. The door has been left open. Classic rookie mistake. A creeper blows up, which wrecks his like lava tower that he had. Uh-huh. And his entire wooden house just starts burning around him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how it how it go now keep in mind that the Man, fluid i'm wanting to play minecraft now. dang it <laughs> the fluid system to get an overdue reader like a minecraft discord or something yeah up. um yeah. the fluid dynamics in minecraft mean that the lava will now continue pouring and is threatening his precious animals that he's been keeping safe so there's like a scene where he is like trying to protect his dumb ai animals from walking into the lava by punching them so they run in the other direction um, he uses his knowledge about water and lava to, to finally go and save the day after he is doing the classic Minecraft thing of like building dirt in the air and then like punching the old dirt so that you can make more steps above you, um, which is pretty good. Right. And he, he has this like deep like, oh, I've ruined everything. I'm a failure that he does recover from. It's like, well, I learned a lesson like that. That is the thing that like classic Minecraft and in games like this where there is not necessarily an in-game progression of like stats or whatever is really just like what did I learn what do I know how to do better than I did before um and can I apply that to the next thing that I want to do like set my own goal and learn my own lessons um and then the last the last part of the book is him like digging through some tunnels underground and you know, fighting a bunch of monsters and then, um, like, r- I think he makes his own book item, which is supposed to be the book that you're reading. I see. Which is very clever. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe we're, maybe you're the Minecraft. You are the Minecraft <laughs> all along. <laughs> it does, like, what's interesting about reading it as a book is that it can feel as boring as parts of Minecraft feel. <laughs> and I and I ultimately think the book is actually pretty successful and can be a fun read um and I would definitely like if you know a if you have a kid who's into Minecraft like maybe reading this with them or something could be really neat. Um but I did get kind of a little lost in in some of the descriptions of like punching and building stuff because it's so explicitly derived from a game that I would actually just learn it better or like get that information better by just watching a YouTube video. Like Mm -hmm. the parts where he's really in the nitty gritty of how the grid of the crafting table works, like just doesn't translate to books as well. And I think that's a thing that we, Minecraft is interesting because it's a game that doesn't have a story. And so to like graft one onto it is really just to write a story about the time max brooks played minecraft for a bunch i think and Mm -hmm. like taught himself a bunch of lessons and and gleaned some from it but like games with stories tend not to get a great adaptation treatment i don't know if you've ever seen the doom movie andrew but it is not i never saw it but i have heard tell of how not great it is yeah because like the interactive element is so key to what games are doing that to remove that can can 
make stuff a little bit harder. I did sure. ask you to do a little research on other game-related books because I have fond memories of reading like Zelda books in elementary school, and they were mostly just like stories about Link fighting a pig man. <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit of of looking at um like novels based on video games are weird because <laughs> video game stories are mostly not that great. Like don't at me, but 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 by which I mean they mostly are like derivative of other popular fiction. Most of like them, I yeah. I don't think there are a lot of games out there that are pushing narrative envelopes, except in the sense of like Minecraft where you're kind of making your own thing and it's the narrative is interesting insofar as there is none. Like, you know, well, that kind of and there are smaller stuff. there are smaller like art games that are experimenting with like how you even get information through interaction with software. But like right. when it's a when it's a game that mostly involves shooting stuff, like the story's there just to give you a reason to shoot stuff. To shoot the things. And so yeah, most of the um most of the biggest like novel not even franchise, but like the runs of novels based on video games are based on those games where you're supposed you're given a reason to shoot or slash the thing that you're supposed to shoot or slash mm-hmm. um probably the biggest like the biggest longest running examples are i mean it's almost exclusively like big triple a level like video games so assassin's creed diablo doom dragon age gears of war resident evil starcraft warcraft and world of warcraft uh, Mass Effect. So Halo is a really big one. Oh yeah, people um, love that then, Halo. Yeah, people love that Master Chief. And then there are so Star Wars already has its own like novel oh, sure. universe, but there are Star Wars novels that are based on the stories <laughs> of different Star Wars video games. So it's kind of a crossover thing. Okay. And then, like you alluded to, there are a lot of there are a lot of comic books. So that as when we were kids, there were a ton of like Mario and Zelda comic yeah. books mm-hmm. um, that are, were part of the Nintendo Comics system. Ooh. Um, but more recently, uh. A, Places like Archie Comics have done like fairly long runs about like Sonic the Hedgehog and Mega Man. Yes. The, and the Mega Man ones, especially, I think are like weirdly faithful to the games, yes. which is strange. This is everything <laughs> I ever wanted. Yeah. It's like that's I think part of the the appeal here too is like it's a uh, as I said before, it's a book about the thing that I spend all, a bunch of my time doing. Like, yeah, there is a there is a sense memory to. I have no idea what it would be like to read this book if you've never played Minecraft. It might, might you might not be able to read more than a chapter of it because you might just get too confused. Because I think well, that sounds like a lot of a lot of the fun of it is reading about video game things that have been like transplanted. Yeah, like what and like, and like it's it's like I said before, it's like highlighting the the weirdness of punching a cheap or whatever. It yeah, is. it's it's like oh, here's a here's an interaction I remember from the game. Isn't it funny or interesting how they how Brooks like translated it to the page in the same way mm-hmm. that like if 
when you watch the Mario Brothers movie, which is really bad, like <laughs> there is a moment where they get rocket shoes and jump real good. And like Mario used to be called Jumpman. Like he's good at jumping. It's got he's gotta jump good in the Mario movie or else it's not a Mario movie. Mm-hmm. Um so the the joy comes in those little like moments where even if something else is going on story wise, they're like, Oh yeah, this is what you came for. This is what you want to be uh-huh. here. Um so yeah, I think that's like the book. Is there anything else you want to ask me about it, Andrew? No, I don't think so. So I was just like migrating my own my old legacy Minecraft account to their <laughs> new account system. It's a good game. <laughs> it's the second best selling game of all time. Like behind only Tetris. I don't Yeah. Like get in there and play some Minecraft, folks. Also keep reading books, but like go in there and play some Minecraft. Keep reading books. I'm seriously like if people are still out there playing Minecraft or like they want to do like an overdue listener server, like let us know and we can't take responsibility for it, but we can't I don't th- promise I mean, that we won't be there. Yeah. Andrew, you I can't let you start running some sort of Minecraft. I'm not clan. gonna okay, sure. I won't run it, but if one exists, we will carve out some time to be on it. <laughs> okay. That and build sounds, a beautiful, a beautiful home together. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, I would also love to hear from some of our listeners who might like work in libraries or have other otherwise used Minecraft as like a teaching tool, because I think those stories are always cool to hear. Um, so feel free to send any neat Minecraft tales to us at overduepod at gmail.com or hit us up on uh, social at twitter.com slash overduepod or facebook.com slash overduepod. A couple of folks reaching out to us this week include Tara, Aaron, Stephen, Elizabeth, Anthony, Melanie, Jessica, Emma, Mandy, Ryan, Bailey, Sam, Kirk, Bry, and many more. And again, thanks, Jen, for recommending this book to us. Andrew, if folks want to know more about our show, where should they go? They should go to OverduePodcast.com, which is an internet website. Up there we have links to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and RSS. You can use any of those to subscribe to the show. You can also subscribe on Spotify and um, Stitcher if you prefer those platforms. Um, We've got a link to our Patreon page, which you can use to financially support us if you like. And uh, we will also be posting our December schedule this week. Craig, you just want you have that to hand to run through for everybody. Our schedule is Minecraft: The Island by Max Brooks. We just talked about it. Then nice. Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. Uh, you'll get to hear our live show of The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen. Uh, then we'll be talking about A Dangerously Sexy Christmas by Stephanie mm. London. And rounding mm. out the month and the year with Pale Fire by Vladimir Nobokov uh, with our good friend Sophie Brookover. Um, we have a bonus episode as well, The Unbearable Lightness of Being by Milan Kundera. Um, more info on that at patreon.com slash overdue pod. And we just released a new uh, compilation of our Stop Homer Time episodes this past week. So if you want to listen to us talk about... Um, Emily Wilson's translation of the Odyssey, a couple of books at a time that is on the feed as of what, like Friday Friday or yeah, Friday. Apparently in this last one, we talked about Odysseus vaping. I don't really remember. We definitely did do that. <laughs> get in there and find out what the deal is. Get in there. Get in there. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And until we talk to you next week, try to be happy.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.